With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast is based on actual X-Files cases. If you don't listen to X-Files Truth, well, that would be unfortunate for everyone. Can I take you to dinner? A young girl was kidnapped last night. Have you heard anything about that? What are you asking me for? Do you remember what you were saying last night when you collapsed at work? What? You were saying nobody's going to spoil us. Does that mean anything to you? No. If he can't have her all to himself, that's when he's dangerous. That's when he'll start hurting her. Technically, but whether she knew it or not, she was repeating the exact words spoken by Amy's abductor at the exact same time, 20 miles across town. She's not gonna make it. She has to make it. And you have to help her. She's cold. She's cold and, and wet. I think finally it was the only way she could escape. She could forget what happened 17 years ago. Finally, the only way she could outrun Carl Wade. That's spooky. That's my name, isn't it? Well, I left behind a career in medicine because I thought that I could make a difference at the FBI. But it hasn't turned out that way. And now if, if they were to transfer me to Omaha or, or Cleveland or some field office, it just doesn't hold the interest for me that it once did. Not after what I've seen and done. You're a quitter. Maybe you should ask yourself if your heart's still in it, too. We have an important announcement today. Actually, it has two parts to it. So here's Agent Chelsea to tell you about part one. All right, listeners, this isn't easy. And it wasn't an easy decision to make, but I'm actually going to be leaving the podcast. I love this podcast so much, but unfortunately, life takes a hold and makes it incredibly difficult for me to produce quality stuff for this podcast anymore and you guys deserve the best and so i'm going to be stepping back and handing the podcast over but that doesn't mean i'm going to be disappearing i'm sure i'll still write in and say hello every once in a while i can't completely disappear from you guys i've truly enjoyed doing this podcast for the past few years not only have i enjoyed just making the podcast, but I've enjoyed hearing your guys' stories and your guys' thoughts on the episode as well. I've checked out 
blogs and websites of everyone producing their own creative thoughts on the X-Files. And not only have I met some great people, but I've met, I've made some really, really good friends. You guys are in good hands though. You've got some great agents that have always been there. And who knows, maybe some other agents will come along to help out. Do me all a favor, okay? Write into us. Let us know what you guys are thinking. We love you participating in the show. And keep watching. The truth is still out there, guys. Go find it. And now for part two of our announcement. This part is a happier part. We'd like to welcome Agent Angela to X-Files Truth. Agent Angela will be taking all the segments that Agent Chelsea did. Today, Agent Angela is just going to do the chem lab. And Chelsea will do the final version of her other spots. And starting next month, Agent Angela will be my permanent partner here, filling all those roles. So please welcome Agent Angela to the show. You can find her on Facebook. Or you can just email the show, xfilestruth at live.com and welcome her and also send Chelsea a goodbye message while you're there. So now let's get on with the show. Welcome back to X-Files Truth. Today's file is Obliette. X-File number classified. The plot. Carl Wade takes a photograph of 15-year-old Amy Jacobs during school picture day. He becomes obsessed with her and eventually kidnaps her. Her younger sister is the only witness to the incident which takes place in their bedroom in the middle of the night. At exactly the same time, fast food worker Lucy Householder collapses with a nosebleed. Mulder investigates Amy's disappearance, drawn to the case because his own younger sister was kidnapped in a similar situation. The investigation leads Mulder to Lucy, who was taken from her bedroom at age 8 and held in a dark basement for five years before she escaped. Lucy? I'm Fox Mulder. This is Dana Scully. We're with the FBI. We'd like to ask you a few questions. I'd like a cigarette. They won't let me smoke in here. Are you feeling any better? Yeah, I'm fine. I'd just like a cigarette. A young girl was kidnapped last night. Have you heard anything about that? What are you asking me for? Do you remember what you were saying last night when you collapsed at work? What? You were saying nobody's going to spoil us. Does that mean anything to you? No. Can you think of any reason why you might have said it? What did I just say? You see, those were the exact words spoken by the kidnapper to the little girl when he took her last night. So you can see that under the circumstances it might seem strange that you were... So what's your point? All of us kidnapped victims gotta stick together? No. We just want to find a little girl any way we can, and if you know anything... Look what I've been through all my life. I wouldn't want to wish on anybody doesn't mean I can make it any better for me or anyone else. All right, well, thanks for talking to us, Lucy. Yeah. Hey. 
When do I get out of here? I'm sure as soon as your doctors feel it's okay for you to go. No, they say it's up to you. No, we can't hold you here. You're free to go. I guess she's not too big on confined spaces. Yeah. Scully suspects that Lucy may be connected to Amy's disappearance. In her apartment, Scratches appear on Lucy's face and she experiences temporary blindness, injuries that are identical to Amy's, who is being tortured in a basement elsewhere. The two develop a strange connection. Everything that happens to Amy physically also happens to Lucy. Mulder tries to convince Lucy that she can help them find Amy, but she declares she's too afraid to assist. How's she doing? Fine. Blood pressure's back to normal. Temperature's back up. She must have gone down the rabbit hole for a while. You should get something to eat soon. Get your blood sugar back up. What do you say, Lucy? Can I take you to dinner? You feeling better? Better than what? Better than Amy Jacobs. Wouldn't know. If anybody knows, I say you do. I got my own set of problems now, thank you. I just scratch your face. I sit down with my sleep. Are you using again, Lucy? I'm clean. Passed my test last week. And I'm skinny. Flying colors. Have you ever experienced temporary blindness before? I've probably experienced just about everything once or twice. It's all been pretty temporary. That girl's in trouble, Lucy. And there's not a damn thing I can do about it. You understand? I can't help you. you can, Lucy. How? Well, that's something you have to tell me. What can I possibly do? Lead us to her. I don't know where she is. I don't care. I'm not interested. Well, that's too bad, Lucy, because right now I think you're her best hope. If I'm her best hope, then that little girl's in a hell of a lot more trouble than you think. Scully informs Mulder of their new lead in the case, the school photography assistant Wade, who was recently fired. Mulder is adamant that Lucy is not working with Wade. The investigation team receives a tip concerning Wade's location, which corresponds to the area Lucy was found years ago. They found the house where Wade was staying in, discovering Lucy in the basement with no clear indication of why she came there. Lucy begins to feel cold and wet. He hasn't touched her, not yet. He wants to, but he can't. It's why he takes the pictures. What else, Lucy? Tell me what else. If he can't have her all to himself, 
That's when he's dangerous. That's when he'll start hurting her. Lucy, you came here to help her. No. Why else would you come back here if not for Amy? You're sharing her pain. I can't. You're the survivor. You're the strong one. Now Amy needs some of your strength. She's not gonna make it. She has to make it. And you have to help her. She's cold. She's cold and, and wet. Mulder deduces that because of Lucy's connection to Amy, she must be located at the local river. Mulder and Scully arrive there, where they encounter Wade attempting to drown Amy. Back with the police, Lucy begins to drown despite not being near water. Mulder shoots Wade, then Scully and Mulder both perform CPR on Amy, but because of the connection, it resuscitates Lucy instead. Suddenly the process is reversed. Amy recovers and Lucy dies before Mulder returns. He speculates that she died not only to save Amy, but to forget what happened to her years ago. Overwhelmed by Lucy's sacrifice and inability to save her, Mulder breaks down sobbing as paramedics take her body away. How's Amy? She's exhausted, but it looks like she's gonna be fine. The doctors want to keep her for a day or two just to be sure. How serious were her injuries? Wade must have left her alone. There were no injuries. He must have dragged her through the woods for at least a mile. I know, Mulder. I can't explain it. She didn't have a cut on her. And nobody wants to talk about that right now. Everyone's just relieved to have her back again, to have her safe. Did they finish up on Lucy? Yes, they, uh, they brought in the state pathologist last night. So I stopped by to get the autopsy reports on my way. She drowned, didn't she? They found five liters of water in her lungs. She saved Amy's life. Mulder. Whatever there was between them, you were part of that connection. Did you think about that? Lucy may have died for Amy, but without you, they never would have found her. I think she died for more than Amy. What do you mean? I think finally it was the only way she could escape. The only way she could forget what happened 17 years ago. Finally, the only way she could outrun Carl Wade. Hand in your field report. And now for my field report for Obliette. I liked Obliette. I was always interested to find out what that connection was between the two girls and everything. And it keeps you in suspense. You don't really know which way they're going to go with the episode. So I remember being um, really interested when I first liked it. And I really liked it on the rewatch, too. As far as Monster of the Weeks go, it's right up there with a little better probably than the ones we've been having lately. More like in the 7 to 8 range, something like that. Uh, compared to other TV shows, I'd give it more like 8.5 or 9. On the mythometer, it's definitely a monster of the week, but there is a connection with Mulder's sister. So it's got a very slight mythology uh, flavor to it, but not much. So it's like a point one, I guess, on the uh, mythometer. 
just because there is that reference to Mulder's sister who winds up being a huge part of the X-Files. For the sequelizer, uh, Lucy's dead, so there's probably a very low chance for a sequel. But Amy is alive, so they could probably do some kind of twist on it. But I'd consider it low to medium potential for a sequel. So pending any further evidence, this case, Obliette, is filed unsolved. And now let's hand it off to Agent Angela for the first time and see what she has for the chemistry between Mulder and Scully for Obliette. Agents, this is Agent Angela. Mulder and Scully go in some different directions in Oubliette, more so than in some other episodes. Once the facts are presented, Scully's fairly quick to believe that Lucy's an accomplice in Amy Jacobs' kidnapping and wants to wrap it up through the conventional investigation channels. As far as Mulder's approach to this case, not so fast. This episode reveals yet more depth into Agent Mulder's character. He's very empathetic towards Lucy, and I imagine he would be towards any other victim who's been psychically and mentally scarred, no thanks to this special breed of monster. Even while trying to get at the truth about Lucy's psychic link with Amy, you can tell he wants to do something, anything, to make things seem not so bleak for her. It speaks to Mulder's ability to identify with this victim, but I believe him when he says it goes beyond what happened to his sister. One rather funny moment is early in the case where another Spooky Mulder reference gets brought up. That's Spooky. That's my name, isn't it? In past episodes, we see Mulder get more perturbed at that nickname. But here he admits, in so many words, that he's stuck with it. And at least around Scully, he's now more comfortable with it. It's a subtle moment, but it's telling about the level of comfort these two are continuing to build up around each other. We all have things we may not like about ourselves, but we're eventually okay with long-term partners and friends bringing them up. Speaking of familiar territory being brought up, Scully has the idea, at least initially, that Mulder's so consumed with this case because it reminds him of Samantha's abduction. It also reminds me of the famous Stop Chasing After Your Sister line from Conduit in season one. But she doesn't say anything quite so direct to him this time around about it possibly because she now has a better sense of how far she can push him without pushing too far and hitting that raw nerve too hard. The two of them go through a heated discussion about this issue, and Mulder acknowledges it may appear that he's reminded of his sister, but that's not his true motivation for how much he empathizes with Lucy. You're becoming some kind of an empath yourself, Mulder. You are so sympathetic to Lucy as a victim, like your sister, that you can't see her as a person who's capable of committing this crime. You don't think I've thought of that? I have. And not everything I do and say and think and feel goes back to my sister. In the final scenes of Amy being rescued, Mulder and Scully put the debating aside and focus on catching Carl Wade before he's able to escape the law again. This is yet another example of how well these two are able to put their different opinions aside and work towards bringing cases to some kind of resolution. 
even those cases that are so full of the strange and bizarre that even the resolution is still full of gray areas. It goes back to how much mutual respect and trust Mulder and Scully have for each other, and we will keep seeing this progress more in future episodes. Amy survives, but Lucy, sadly, does not. One final scene with Lucy is when Mulder gets back to find her body already covered on the stretcher. He seems overwhelmed with that, and with the knowledge that she could probably only find real peace through dying. In the ending scene, Scully departs from the scientific in the face of Lucy's autopsy report that defies rational explanation. Compared to earlier scenes, she also shows a higher level of empathy towards Mulder and towards the outcome of this strange psychic link case. Mulder. Whatever there was between them, you were part of that connection. Did you think about that? That's what I have for the chem lab analysis for Oubliettes. Until next time, this is Agent Angela. Shane, I've done it! Again, Paul, then open the window, there's no need to announce it. No, not that. I've invented a machine that can erase our memory of Red Dwarf so we can watch it for the first time. Again. Really? Is it safe? Completely. Although you might also forget how to read, write, and do math. I'm a politician, I don't need any of that. Also, it would probably make your head explode. And ruin my hair? No. Let's just find a lovely American couple who have barely even heard of Red Dwarf to watch the show with us. That will be the next best thing to seeing it for the first time. Hi, I'm Angela. This is my husband, Heath. What are you doing in my house? Well, we're just your everyday American couple wandering about looking for someone who feels like watching a show we've barely even heard of with us. Maybe recording a podcast about it. Hmm, that's really convenient. And you can listen in on the fun with the Red Dwarf intro cast. Check us out on iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter. Counterintelligence. Inside information. This is Agent Stone with Counterintelligence. With X3.8 Obliette. Original air date November 17, 1995. Written by Charles Grant Craig. Directed by Kim Manners. Some kind of empathic transference is involved. Obliette. The abduction of a young girl prompts Mulder to seek the help of a woman kidnapped by the same man years earlier and who has the ability to feel what the victim feels. Transference is a phenomenon characterized by unconscious redirection of feelings from one person to another. One definition of transference is the inappropriate repetition in the present of a relationship that was important in a person's childhood. Another definition is the redirection of feelings and desires, and especially of those unconsciously retained from childhood toward a new object. 
Still another definition is a reproduction of emotions relating to repressed experiences, especially of childhood, and the substitution of another person for the original object of the repressed impulses. Transference was first described by Sigmund Freud, who acknowledged its importance for psychoanalysis for better understanding of the patient's feelings. It is common for people to transfer feelings from their parents to their partners or children, for example, cross-generational entanglements. For instance, one could mistrust somebody who resembles an ex-spouse in manners, voice, or external appearance, or be overly compliant to someone who resembles a childhood friend. In the psychology of the transference, Carl Jung states that within the transference diode, both participants typically experience a variety of opposites, that in love and in psychological growth, the key to success is the ability to endure the tension of the opposites without abandoning the process, and that this tension allows one to grow and to transform. Only in a personally or socially harmful context can transference be described as a pathological issue. A modern social cognitive perspective on transference, uncovered by Dr. Susan Anderson at New York University, explains how it occurs in everyday life. When we encounter a person who reminds us of someone whom we do or did like and who is or was important to us, we infer unconsciously that this person is indeed like our significant other, whether a lover, friend, relative, or other person. Myriad effects arise from this, including inferring that traits belong to the new person that in fact belong to our significant other. This perspective has generated a wealth of research that illuminated how we tend to repeat relationship patterns from the past in the present. High-profile serial killers often transfer unresolved rage towards previous love or hate objects onto surrogates or individuals resembling or otherwise calling to mind the original object of that hate. In the instance of Ted Bundy, he repeatedly killed brunette woman who reminded him of a previous girlfriend with whom he had become infatuated, but who had ended the relationship, leaving Ted rejected and pathologically rageful. Obliette was shot in Vancouver, British Columbia, as were the rest of the episodes of the third season. The location of the antagonist's house was an important factor during production. Craig's screenplay called for a remote house in the middle of nowhere, but the producers required a site closer to the studio. With a production crew consisting of 60 members, it was decided to use somewhat that could appear rustic while being next to a parking lot. A suitable area was found near the peak of Mount Seymour, a location that had previously been used in Ascension. The mountain featured both a parking lot and a log cabin that met the needs of the filming crew. An issue arose because the mountain had a ski lift which needed to be avoided while composing shots. Over 1,000 prop trees had to be brought to the filming site to camouflage surroundings to give the atmosphere a remote feel. The crew encountered a larger issue with the contract with the Provincial Park Committee. The park required a seven-day notice before filming of any kind was approved. The production manager had to contact the park representative directly, who assured him that their needs would be met. For the final sequence, both the Capilano River and Lynn Headwaters were considered, however the Seymour River was ultimately chosen because it was the safest filming location. The filming of the episode was plagued by rain, heavy weather conditions. In one example, while directing the climax, the river had risen by four or five inches, causing the crew to move to another position to shoot at a week later. This cost the crew several days worth of production and a large sum of money. 
Shooting conditions were further complicated because shoots involving water are notably difficult, requiring a new set of costumes for each take. Because of the extensive outdoor shooting, director Kim Manners hated directing the episode, commenting that, quote, it couldn't be effing worse. Despite a negative experience with shooting on the mountain, the episode Guestamine from the fourth season was filmed there with similar issues. Gillian Anderson's stand-in, Bonnie Hay, who appears in a cameo, previously played a doctor in both Colony and Endgame, and a nurse in DPO. The kidnapping of Amy shares similarities with the abduction of Mulder's sister. Mulder's sister Samantha was abducted by aliens when Mulder was a child before the timeline of the X-Files. Both Amy and Lucy are kidnapped and victimized by the same pedophile who represents the logic of duplication. Wade treats both girls in virtually identical ways, kidnapping them both at the same age and photographing them obsessively in the same manner. David Lavery, in Deny All Knowledge, asserts that Mulder is capable of seeing beyond simple equivalence, caring about each individual girl separately. Lavery argues that this grants Mulder the ability to separate the case from his own personal experience with his sister. The scene that best exemplifies this trait is when Mulder confronts Amy's mother following her daughter's kidnapping. Mulder comments that he knows how she feels, not because of what happened to his sister, but because he can identify with her general sense of loss. Fox's Standards and Practices Department was uncomfortable with the screenplay because it featured a 12-year-old girl being kidnapped. The network requested that she be in her late teens and that the plot would not heavily feature Amy's ordeal or suffering. Jewel State had just turned 13 when she was cast, but the producers felt she looked older and even applied makeup to add that effect. The reason for the concern was because the original screenplay featured similarities to the Polly Class case, which had received large public attention around the time of production. Polly Class was a 12-year-old girl who was kidnapped during a slumber party and eventually strangled to death. The antagonist of the episode was compared to Richard Allen Davis, the culprit of the case, who was convicted and sentenced to death for his crimes. Guerre Jean, in his novel The Unofficial X-Files Companion, commented that, tragically, unlike Amy, Kloss didn't survive her abduction. The word oubliette is derived from the French root to forget, also referring to a forgotten place, or according to the dictionary, a concealed dungeon having a trap door in the ceiling as its only opening. Also proved to be David Duchovny's favorite episode of the third season with regard to his own performance. So, the final word on Obliette. Nobody's going to spoil us. The whole thing was like, if you kill Crycheck, we can't prove you shot your father. Well, if you let him go, then you can't really prove <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. This is actually the first episode I ever saw, which uh, meant that I didn't like it when I first saw it, because I didn't understand what was going on. I think the X-Files as a whole is just awful, and we should stop. <laughs> You're fired. The Explodey Files, brought to you by DeadLantern.com.
What's out there for Oubliette? First, we have a review from Musings of an X-File. And the verdict is, as good as the acting is in this episode, and it is good, and as good as the pacing and direction is, and it's also good, I think part of the reason I dreaded having to watch it is because it's no fun. I should explain. Here's what I don't mean when I say fun. Something that isn't sad or something that's humorous. It can be scary, meaningful, thoughtful, tearful even, and still be fun. The Godfather 2 isn't exactly an uplifting film, but it's one of the most fun movies in existence. I can't help but get excited about it. Obliette is emotionally almost oppressive. It's not that it's dark in the way that X-Files typically is as far as its subject. Not that kidnapping and pedophilia isn't a dark topic, but it's a show that's covered child murder and entity rape, so I think its audience isn't afraid to go there. No, it's not the subject that bothers me. It's the tone and the outcome. There's nothing to balance out the sadness and despair. Is there a single joke or sarcastic line in the episode? There's just nothing to get excited about. Nothing funny or scary or otherwise. Mulder tries to reach Lucy to gift her some of his strength, but he fails. Thank heavens Mulder is a Mulder and not Lucy. The X-Files would be a very different place if he were a despairing rather than a proactive individual. Heck, we wouldn't have a hero. Maybe this is an episode where my worldview gets too far in the way for me to appreciate it. I'm too hopeful a cynic. C+. Now, I actually was surprised that she didn't like this episode, but once I read her reasons, and I would love for you guys to actually go check this review out and read the whole thing, because she makes a lot of really interesting points. Not only about the, you know, not having any uplifting moments to balance out the scary, but she talks about the fact that the supernatural element doesn't come from the murderer or the uh, the predator. It comes from the victim. And that while that is interesting, she doesn't believe it really quite works too well. But yeah, you guys should definitely go check that out. It's, it's always a shocker sometimes when some of my favorite reviewers don't like an episode that I've kind of liked. But yeah, she gave it a rating of C+, so that's kind of interesting. My next review comes from another one of my favorite blogs, I Made This, and they have actually quite an opposite view of, of the episode. The previous season of The X-Files saw the broadcast of Irresistible, a dark, disturbing tale from the show that actually frightened because it focused on more realistic crime than was the norm. Most episodes begin with a tangible crime and then work their way to the supernatural. Irresistible began there, and more or less stayed at that spot for the whole hour. A big success with critics and a fan favorite. It would come to, as no surprise to see the series return to that well, and it does so with Oblivion. There's a supernatural element at work here, though, but the truth of the matter is that Oblivion sets out to scare and gain its horror from a crime that is all too frequent in this day and age, sadly. It's an unqualified success, it contains one of the best scripts of the third season, up to this point in the third season's run, may actually be its best standalone outside of Darren Morgan's work. It contains brilliant directorial touches from Kim Manners, who shows an even hand in frightening the audience, 
and moving them emotionally as well, not to mention gaining some great guest performances. This tale of psychic connection, a kidnapped child, and predatory crime is extremely disturbing in places, atmospheric, and is emotionally exhausting to an extreme at times. It's not easy viewing, and it won't be popular with everyone, but I just adore it so much. I think it stands as quite an achievement from the series that, like Irresistible, it took something outside its usual choice of genres and won. So, like I said, this review is completely the opposite of the other one, and I always love doing this if I can. So, kind of the points that um, Musings of an X-File pointed out with that it was trying too hard to be like Irresistible, but it just didn't work. This review kind of points out that it was trying to be like Irresistible, thinking outside the box, and it won. So, my question to you all is, what do you think? Did it work? Did it not work? Let us know at xfilestruth at live.com. We're just happy to be doing good works. Equality. Yeah, call coming in, so no, folks asking for help. Really? It's not folks something we should be striving for. We really should sit down. We'll just leave the captain in until we get back to shooting. The only way to help them is like gravity. We need it what? to stand on this earth as men and women. I'm right behind you, baby. Who the hell are you? We are The Signal. A podcast all about Firefly and Serenity. There's the truth of The Signal. It's Jane being so generous with this cut that confuses and frightens me. It does kind of freeze the blood. On our shows, you will find features, news, reviews, interviews, articles, and anything else we can think of relating to the verse of Firefly and Serenity. It's going to be an all-day event. They've got Brown Coats Redemption. They've got Dr. Horrible... We're continuing to explore the verse, and we want you to join us. Just go to www.serenityfirefly.com. The Signal. We're just happy to be doing good works. What was that? Character Profiles Profiles in Character This week's profile, Lucy Householder, as portrayed by Tracy Ellis. 30-year-old Lucy Householder was kidnapped when she was 8 years old by Carl Wade and kept locked in his dark basement for 5 years until she escaped and was discovered on the side of the road in 1978. Despite her freedom, she was deeply scarred and barely able to function in society. Nevertheless, she got a job working at a fast food joint and eventually was able to manage that restaurant in 1995. She inexplicably began to bleed from the nose and collapsed to the floor, repeating the phrase, Nobody's gonna spoil us again and again. Lucy's watch said 10.05, the exact same time 15-year-old Amy Jacobs was being abducted 20 miles across town by Wade, who had reappeared. There appeared to be a psychic connection between Lucy and Jacobs, which Mulder believed could lead them to Jacobs' whereabouts. Whatever trauma Amy experienced, Lucy underwent the same feelings, prompting Mulder to suggest that some kind of empathic transference was involved. Scully was less convinced, but was nonetheless able with Mulder to find Wade. 
An arrest warrant for complicity in Amy's kidnapping was issued for Lucy, who had a criminal record of prostitution and narcotics, when the blood on her clothes proved to be a DNA match with Amy's blood. But Lucy had already fled. She was later discovered trembling in the basement of Wade's cabin, fueling the suspicions of Scully and other federal agents that Lucy was the kidnapper's accomplice. During Jacob's dramatic rescue in which Mulder killed Wade, she was resuscitated after Wade had nearly drowned her, but Lucy perished on dry land at the same moment. She was able to experience and react to everything Jacob's experienced through her psychic connection, which killed her. A Washington State pathologist found five liters of water in her lungs. Mulder believed that Lucy's death allowed Jacobs to live after such a remarkably horrific experience. Mulder was particularly saddened by Lucy's death as he had developed an affection for her. Director Kim Manners points out that Mulder had expressed emotion before over the loss of a family member but not a stranger, and that actress Tracy Ellis's sensitive portrayal of Lucy helped bring both the character and Duchovny to that emotional crescendo. Manners also found himself affected as well by Ellis's unique quality, which was, quote, so sensitive like a delicate flower, I really plugged into that, and she really plugged into this role, it was just a great experience. Series creator Chris Carter stated that in Craig's original draft, Lucy was more hard-boiled, but actress Tracy Ellis played her as a more wounded person. Tracy Ellis can also be seen in the movies Last of the Mohicans, This Boy's Life, and in a future X-Files episode, Season 9's Audrey Polly as the title character. The Stone Gunman Media Report. Previously on The X Files. For years, FBI agents Fox Mulder and Dana Scully toiled in the X Files unit, a one office division of the Bureau dealing with cases deemed unsolvable and related to unexplained phenomena. During their investigations, Mulder, the Believer, and Scully, the Skeptic, delved into the occult, religion, urban legends, conspiracy theories, UFOs, alien abductions, and genetic engineering. Eventually, both agents left the FBI and began a new life together in peaceful anonymity, which endured until today. The X-Files Season 10 Believers, Part 1, with a story by Joe Harris and Chris Carter, executive produced by Chris Carter, available now from IDW Publishing. Also available soon, X-Files Classics, Volume 1, Hardback, from IDW. The truth is in here. 
team up with Mulder and Scully as they unravel all new mysteries only seen in comic books. The first collection includes Topps Comics issues 1 through 9, featuring stories like Not to be Opened Until Christmas, Firebird, Tree Panning Opera, Silent Cities of the Mind, and more. And X-Files Classics Volume 2 Trade Paperback from IDW. The truth is in here. Rejoin Mulder and Scully as they unravel all new mysteries only seen in comic books. The second collection includes Topps Comics issues 10 through 19, featuring stories like Feelings of Unreality, One Player Only, Home of the Brave, Night Lights, and more. Pre-order now from Amazon.com. Have you checked your email? I found these in my email this morning. And now, the female with the emails, Agent Chelsea. And let's get into our feedback. First, if you guys want to send us an email, xfilestruthatlive.com is the address, and there you can tell us about your feelings on the episode or the podcast itself. Even if you guys just have a question, random shout-out, anything. We also have a Facebook page. Search X-Files Truth Podcast and like our page. Take a look through our timeline. We have a bunch of links to current events and even just birthdays and questions, all kinds of cool stuff. You also can leave us an iTunes review. You scroll down at the bottom of our page on iTunes and hit review and you can rate us out of five stars. That makes it easier for other new listeners to find us so that they can get some more X-Files stuff. We also have uh, our website, which is xfilestruth.com. There you can leave comments, view all the websites that we mentioned on our episode, as well as look up the songs that were played in this episode. We did get a comment on our website this week. It's from Agent Angela, who has written in previously and who you will soon be hearing more from hello agents enjoyable podcast as always i found stone's segment on false flag tactics and the current info wars especially interesting i'll have to check out the men who stare at goats haven't gotten around to seeing it yet ironically i just finished watching identity thief in which robert patrick also has a role that's cool to hear from another x-file all the way all the way from ireland Agent Barry, sounds like you are indeed overdue for a rewatch. And I occur about the VHS tapes back in my day. You could fit about four of most TV shows on one of them. With some tapes, you could also fit three movies on one if the movies were somewhat on the shorter side. Anyway, the Walks and OK Monster of the Week episode. I've always found the teaser a bit skin-crawling to watch because it kind of reminds me of another victim in scalding water scene found in the late 70s Halloween 2 movie. I hope everyone had a happy and safe 4th of July. Until next time, Agent Angela. Now, obviously, this was written a little bit a while ago, but 
And also it was commented on the walks podcast because Angela's a little bit behind. Um, but thank you very much for your thoughts on that. And I agree. It's a skin crawling scene. Wow. You guys can comment like that on our website as well. We love hearing your thoughts on the episode specifically. You know, we sit here and chat all day. We'd love to hear it from you. And we hope to hear from you soon. X-Files Truth After receiving a mail-order videotape of a suspiciously realistic alien autopsy, the agent's follow-up investigation leads Scully to a group of women who claim to recognize her from their alleged abduction experience the previous year, while Mulder pursues a train car which possibly carries a living and breathing captured extraterrestrial. files this is agent summer and this is my x-files story when the x-files premiered i was a busy college student and had little time for television between my studies and numerous other activities still i'd heard some positive buzz about the show from an early age i'd had an interest in reading anything i could get my hands on about the paranormal mythological places mysterious creatures, and especially ghosts. In that respect, the show certainly caught my interest. My first episode was probably Our Town. I say probably because honestly it took me some time before my fascination with the show developed, so I don't really recall with 100% certainty what exactly it was. Since I do recall watching Our Town with a family member when it aired, and do not recall any other earlier episodes in the show's run, it's very likely this was my first. The episode was quite good, both scary and entertaining, but needless to say, I wasn't hooked on the show just yet. After graduation, I became a casual fan, catching an occasional episode from time to time, However, it was not until a friend drugged me to see Fight the Future that I really got into the show. There was just something about how the mythology storyline was perfectly framed by Mulder and Scully that drew me in. I find myself quoting lines from the movie all the time in that hallway scene. Oh yes, shippers, you know the one. Let's just say, after that, I was a full-fledged file never missing a single episode for the remainder of the show's run, although perhaps with a slight resentment toward bees. Because of how I came to be a fan, 
the show's sixth season with great episodes like Triangle, Dreamland, Terms of Endearment, How the Ghost Stole Christmas, Two Fathers, One Sign, Arcadia, and The Unnatural, just to name a few, will always hold a special place in my heart. To me, these mark the glory days of The X-Files. It's been wonderful to see the renewed excitement in The X-Files with the release of the Season 10 comics, and I'm still hoping for a third movie to properly finish off the myth arc. I try to keep the spirit of The X-Files alive in my blog, My Truth and X-Files blog, which I invite you to check out and discuss the episodes. So why am I still a fan of The X-Files after all this time? There's something about the show that allows you to watch it over and over again and still discover some small detail that you may have missed before. I can't remember any show before or since that does the same thing. You can really see the attention paid to details, whether it's with the writing, the acting, or the directing. In addition, I've met some really wonderful people because of the show. From the message boards to podcasting to my blog, it's been great getting to know fans from around the world who share a love for this great show. Over the years, meeting other fans and the wonderful discussions we've had has really been a treasured part of this experience. Take care and remember, trust no one and the truth is out there. Okay, that closes the file for Obliette. Don't forget to send in your MP3s for the Files from X-Files segment. Just record yourself talking about how you became an X-Files fan or any other X-Files related topic and send it to us at xfilestruth at live.com. To see what songs and artists we used on today's show and how they're related to the episode, go to xfilestruth.com. And while you're there, leave a comment, and you can also mention any song requests you have that relate to future episodes, and I'll make sure to include them. If you run a website and you'd like to become an affiliate with X-Files Truth, just email us your banner and a link to your site, and we'll list you on our affiliates page. If you'd like to help support X-Files Truth, just go to xfilestruth.com and click on our donations page, or just click on the PayPal button on the main page, or you can go to paypal.com and you can send any amount you want to xfilestruth at live.com. The best way to support us is just to leave a quick review at iTunes. Even two or three words really does make a big difference. Just type in XFT in the search field and scroll down to podcasts. And finally, one last goodbye to Agent Chelsea. Thank you again, Agent Chelsea, for everything you've done. And a big welcome to Agent Angela. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next month for Nisei.
That one, puppies? I made this. 20th century fox. How many times have we been here before, Scully? Right here. So close to the truth. And now with what we've seen and what we know to be right back in the beginning with nothing. This is different, Mulder. No, it isn't. You were right to want to quit. You're right to want to leave me. You should get as far away from me as you can. I'm not going to watch you die, Scully, because of some hollow personal cause of mine. Go be a doctor. Go be a doctor while you still can. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.